0: In the beginning, there was nothing. Then there were comic books. Once you enter our world, there is no
1: escape. Comic exposure begins
0: in Three, two, one. 3, 2, 1.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast. My name is Josh Buckley, and my my, my podcast partner in crime is the one, the only...
0: Travis Ratz here.
1: (laughs) Travis Ratz. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in. If you are a regular listener, uh, you should know that this is the 20th introduction I've done on this show for today. And you should also know that on an episode like today, a comic book club episode, we are going to do a little book club but with comic books so get ready for this guys we are doing the sheriff of babylon today out on vertigo comics written by tom king written or uh, written by tom king with art by mitch gerrids and i am super stoked to talk about it travis rats all the way from japan you have a guest on the show with you today why don't you introduce that person for us
0: yeah I got a guest uh, as per the comic book club guidelines uh, we what's that movie where uh, there was they would invite a stranger to dinner they'd sit and talk politics and if they didn't like what the stranger had to say about politics they would poison them.
1: I have no idea dinner? what you're talking about no <laughs> it's called
0: the Last Supper so what I've decided <laughs> to do is to invite uh, uh, one of my coworkers a music teacher uh, here at the high school. Oh, actually, he's at the elementary school, elementary. and we're going to talk to him about comics. And if I don't like what he has to say, I will poison him.
1: You'll poison him. Yep, that's good. If you were, if this is proper Japanese, he'd like seppuku. He'd do a little like uh, he he oh, wouldn't he let you poison him. him. That's right. Yeah, we got a uh, uh,
0: Christopher Kimi, Kimi 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 on the show today. Uh, and Kimi Chris, yeah, Christopher Kimi.
1: Christopher Kimi Gibbler. Kimi. You can call him. Chris. Can I call him? <laughs> Can I call him Kimmy Gibbler?
0: Is this okay? Kimmy Gibbler? Is yeah, this going to be okay? So. It's fine. Yeah, he says it's okay. You can call him Kimmy Gibbler. <laughs> this... All
1: right. It's right. full house, guys. It right? It it so it you guys know cool. what I'm talking about? Full house no? full
0: reference. House. Um, so, yeah, he is a music teacher uh, at the elementary much. school here. And, Chris, we always start off every show. There is one question I must ask you. Um, it's an important question, and you're going to need to be thorough in your answer. What? up to this point, has been your exposure to comic books?
2: My exposure is just watching movies and reading a few graphic novels here and there. That's about it. You never read comics as a kid? No, I never read comics as a kid.
0: Like your mom never picked you up some of the drugstore? No. <laughs> so you really didn't start getting into superheroes to like what, the Iron Man movie?
2: Yeah, I mean I would watch watch movies as a kid but they it wasn't like I do now and i follow them you know what
0: did it was just were you just never around it like did kids the playground they didn't like i'm spider-man you're like uh what's a spider-man a spider-man yeah.
2: <laughs> like I knew what they were from from uh cartoons and movies but I never like Never followed them.
0: And when you watched the movies you weren't like, Oh hey, let me pick up one of these books. No. Did you think they were it was like kid stuff? I think it was for kids?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess. Kimmy I've been, Gibbler? I guess I've been a little adult in my life. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Where you're like, I don't wanna pick that up. Comics are for kids.
2: Yeah, but then the whole all the movies started coming out by the awesome Marvel franchise and they're being taken you know, taken in new directions so it's like you can follow them now.
0: Yeah, so I got Chris on here uh, about a month ago. He was like, what's this podcast thing you're posting on Facebook? <laughs> I'm like, it's a podcast, and we talk about comic books. And I'm like, and guess what? Now you're going to be on it. Bad question. <laughs> now that now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so we had been talking about doing Sheriff of Babylon uh, for a while, uh, Josh and I have. And I was like, wow, you know someone who hasn't read a lot of comic books and who's really only been exposed to comics through the superhero genre and movies i was like this i think would be a great comic book to introduce to chris to show him kind of the range uh that comic books can have as far as the oh, stories yeah. they can tell so that's why I got him on here. So I, we haven't talked as per the rule of comic exposure. I have not asked first, him what first he thought about it.
1: Club, yep. First rule of comic book club: first rule of comic book club is don't talk about, comic don't talk book about club.
0: comics. Talk about comics. It's amazing we made it this many episodes.
1: I know, and we've never made that joke before. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Ooh. Was that a joke? Can we? Can we? Let's check with the. Let's check with the audience. Yep, they're nodding. I mean, that was a joke. That was a joke. It was a joke. Yeah. So I thought this would be uh, a good awesome, one to show him, Josh.
1: I, th- I think you're right. This is definitely um, this is not a superhero comic. It is not e- like um, we've read a ton of comic books this year, Travis. I don't know if you know that or not. We've read like twenty thing? some trades this year, probably. Yeah. My, my, right,
0: my bookshelf is bowing in the middle. It's just, it's just <laughs> so many trades stacked up on there.
1: We've read we've read plenty of trades this year, and uh, Sheriff of Babylon. I'm gonna. I'm gonna play my hands. I'm gonna say "Sheriff of Babylon" is something special. It's something special that I read this Are year. Are
0: you trying to tell me that you this is your favorite trade we've read so far this year?
1: Uh, I am close. It, I don't want to make that assumption until like we do our like beginning of the year podcast. But <laughs>
2: <laughs> until it's officially until, in until, the
1: books, until until it's offic- until it's officially in the books, uh, this is definitely in the top running of books I've read this year. Definitely
0: interesting interesting interesting
1: I, I don't know how you feel about it but no, for I'm, me <laughs> for I'm, me this is definitely one of my one of my top picks for for this year and i'm playing my hand a little early i don't like to do that uh, because i'm often heartbroken when that happens when i come when i come in and i say like dude and then you're like eh, it was all right. that's exactly so. why
0: i'm not saying anything cuz i just want you to squirm a little bit when I'm, I'm just going <laughs> to be like Um.
1: Oh, really? That's interesting. It is a book, huh?
0: It is Mm -hmm, a book. We mm -hmm, did
1: read mm -hmm, it this year. Yes. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: Okay. So go ahead. So quick. Let's let's do a rundown uh, for folks. Uh, So, Sheriff of Babylon is the story. uh, It's like 2003. We are in Baghdad, and there is a murder. Saddam Hussein. The whole Iraq regime is just collapsed. Uh, And Christopher. Is a cop in Baghdad. That's mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like he works not in the he works yeah, yeah. in the not, green. Not my, not you, okay, Chris. No, not you, Chris. No, no, I, not you, Chris, Chris,
2: all, Chris all, Kimmy Gipperler over cool. here
0: wouldn't survive two minutes in
1: Baghdad.
2: <laughs> all Chris's are cool. So, so by association, so, so, Chris is cool.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. So the Chris in this book, the book Chris, if you will, um, is sort of a he works in the green zone and he's been kind of tasked with uh, solving this murder. <laughs> Like a body shows up in the green zone, and there's intrigue, and there's like a bunch of characters that if you asked me to tell you all of their names, I couldn't. But I think that that is a an. uh, I would definitely fail that quiz. Uh, But um, that this is the first part of season one. So so uh, Tom King and Mitch have said that this is sort of like. first season. They're calling Sheriff of Babylon season one is books one through twelve, and we read one through six. No? One through five? Something like that? Uh, Whatever it is.
0: Yeah, five. Yeah, one through six. One through six. No, No, it's six.
1: six. Uh, So, issues one through twelve are season one of this, and that's what they've called it. And if I can go out on a limb, I would say that calling it a season is probably an incredibly appropriate uh, name for this. Because this is a TV show, gentlemen. It is a TV show. That's what it feels like to me as I read this. Am I wrong? Do you feel that?
2: I felt the same way. I felt a movie or a TV show, and I felt the same way. It does
0: have that kind of wire vibe, that procedural, procedural like kind of crime story aspect to it. This this, someone's already bought the rights to this, I'm sure, right? I mean, because you know, I don't
1: know. Uh, you, it. They should. <laughs>
2: yeah, but it would. It would make a great, uh, great TV show because there's been movies made in this category already, but it didn't have as yeah. much sex and intrigue as this story did.
1: Definitely, there's some definite. More there's some definite sex action. and intrigue in here. <laughs> yeah. So let me ask you guys, uh, as we as we start this out, uh, Chris. Uh, ha- what what comics, you said you read a couple of graphic novels, what have you read aside from this you, you didn't really let us know that in your in your answer and so I'm not going to let you get away from it, I'm going to so ask you right now
2: cliche. My that's okay, so that's alright <laughs>
0: we've heard them all, we've heard them all
2: on I've only show. read like, just like uh, Watchmen and V for Vendetta
1: okay, that's, oh,
2: that's Which Watchmen, those are quality the, the book be. I thought was way better than the movie the Watchmen book? yeah, yeah.
1: You are right. You are right. It is way better I mean, than the I movie. I miss
2: so much awesome facts in that book. So that's why I yeah. read it because I I liked the movie and I was like, oh, there's a book as well.
1: So. That's what they're that's what they're banking on, man. They're banking on you, Chris, that you saw that movie <laughs> and then you then you went and you went and bought the book and you lined uh, Alan Moore's pockets. He's very happy about that. Uh, yeah. So, how does this stack up? to to like how does the experience of reading this compare to you reading uh v for vendetta or um or uh, the watchman
2: well the one one thing for me made it i mean, that you made a good point in the beginning that uh it was uh there was no uh superhero part of this book and uh that that's what i was so shocked about when i was reading it the book the the novel kept my it kept my interest and I could read it, but there was no, there was no superhero factor or you know, factor X or whatever they say about that. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I kept reading it and it kept my interest. So, I
0: I, I think that um, the Watchmen and V for Vendetta are actually two good books to train you on how to read this book. Yeah uh, as I was reading it uh I'm looking at the panel layout uh, <laughs> the just, layout yeah. is ridiculous and That's it's crazy it's, yeah there's you know it's got that 9 to you know uh 12 page kind of panel layouts it's very much like uh Batman Dark Knight returns you see it in the Watchmen yes. in in on some pages and a lot of first time graphic novel comic book readers who've only read superhero books have a hard time kind of following the panel structure of something like this, and I think that the panel structure in this story is really what allows Tom yeah. King to pack so much story into oh, this yeah. into this book. And what I thought, yeah,
1: go ahead, it Josh. helps the story. Yeah. No, no, go ahead, go ahead.
0: And I think that one of the things that we can talk about here, let's let's, let's go into this more, Josh. What did you think about the almost interview-like aspect perspective? That the uh, the um, the artist takes in here, as far as it's a lot of close-up interview-style paneling. You know that the, the the character is centered right in the middle of there, and we have like nine or twelve panels of that character.
1: It it reminds me a lot of. I mean, it's it is drawn, and that's why I think it pulls me into like this would be a great TV show because it's incredibly. These are like TV shots, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like this is literally like. Uh, an HBO or Showtime show uh, where you spend, you know, like that whole dial. There's like dialogues uh, where you know he's interviewing people, or you know, there's there's the series of panels where you know there's just a lot of dialogue in this, and it never feels, it never gets old. And and I guess like Travis, you and I read Dark Knight. Uh, we read Dark Knight Returns or Dark what Dark Knight? Yeah, yeah Dark Knight Returns. Uh, and that has a lot of that sixteen panel, nine panel stuff in it. But sometimes it gets really hard to slog through it because it doesn't. Some of it doesn't feel important. Right? Yeah, it's, yeah it's, you're right.
0: And a lot of people use because it's info. It's yeah.
1: info dumpy. Exactly. On, on Dark Knight, it's very info dumpy, and that's fine because he, he's building this sort of world that we don't know. Right? You you got to know what happens, but like we know this world because it's 2003 and we lived through it, and so you don't need to build this world. We know the three of us know what went on in, 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 in Iraq. And so he gets to use that nine panel grid to really drive dialogue and to really drive like discussion. And there is, it it is, it's so cinematic and so like such good camera stuff that like, I don't, Mitch is doing some really great work in this, um, that it reads so well. There's so much dialogue but it doesn't feel like heavy lifting to read it,
0: as opposed to the Dark night, which was yeah, and that took for it takes forever to get through the Dark Knight returns because every one of those sixteen panels is is half of it is is word balloon, you know yeah, and this it's they use silence so strategically in this book, uh and uh Tom King really allows mitch to to run. With these character expressions and really, there's it could be a TV show. Yes, this could be absolutely be turned into a TV show. What I love about it is it took something that you could have written as a TV show script, and they chose to make it a comic because of the idea that this comics are a great medium to tell a story like this. And I think that what I love about uh, Tom and Mitchin here is they could have they could have well at least Tom f- for having written this could have shot this around town and easily easily skipped over having it be a comic book and gone right to a TV series. But he chose to make it a comic and chose to allow the medium of comics to really accentuate this story in a way that a lot of comics out there, even independent comics today, just aren't doing. So, Chris, uh, my question to you is, was there anything difficult about reading this story as a comic as someone who isn't used to you know turning the page on comics following panels following word balloons
2: uh for me there really wasn't it read through i read through pretty easily and i was able to uh understand the story even as josh josh said and you guys were both saying that we all know the story of this time of this time in history and you know reading this reading this comic it took us it took me back to there about all the corruption and kind of crazy things that happened during that time and how messed up it was
0: well let's let's talk about that so uh as you were saying we, you both said it um that we all know what happened the three <laughs> of us I mean we were very much in the well I know I was in college in that time And so that's when you're like really following politics and like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, uh, Kimmy Gibbler's a little younger than us over here. And, um, I was in high school.
1: (laughs) It's all right. That's all right. I was in, I was in third year of college. I was third year of college.
0: (laughs) And the idea is that since then we've had movies like the Hurt Locker and we've had, uh, shows, Yeah, like the one like that Claire Danes is in.
1: Um, yeah, and it reminded me a lot of that uh, Homeland. Homeland.
2: Yeah, it had a yeah, very sense hom- and intrigue and yeah, yeah. Dirtiness. It reminded me of that,
1: but it was in the war zone, which Homeland doesn't take place in. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like,
0: so my question is: We've had a lot of that stuff. We got, when we when the, when this was going on that when the reconstruction of Iraq was going on and we were sending police over there. We got the media's version of it. And it wasn't yeah, until around listen. like, yeah, it wasn't it's until different. like 2009 that we started getting uh, documentaries and yeah. TV shows about what it was really like over there, trying to give us an authentic view. So, yeah. what does this book bring anything new to that story? Does it show us anything, el- you know, what's it showing us that the um, two dozen other. Uh, movies and TV shows and novels haven't given us.
1: Well, if, if I can answer the question, I, I, I think what it does is it takes a story and and it uses um, Baghdad, it uses Iraq as a character, right? Mm-hmm. It's less it's less about Iraq, right, and more about sort of like telling you a a crime story in that setting, right? We've always talked like. When you read a Batman story, Gotham is a character, right? Right. Yeah. And, and, and in this in in this tale, Baghdad is a character, right? It's this real kind of like um it's not really about Iraq. It is, but it's not. And and Tom King was there. You know, Tom Tom King worked for the C I think he worked for the CIA, if yeah. I remember right. Uh and he was he was there. Like I mean, he didn't live this story, but he has like memories from this time period that he's drawing upon, uh, and and I was I was listening to an interview or reading an interview uh, about how like meticulous uh, Mitch is about trying to make sure that everything looks real and authentic,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? That like the when he draws locations that he uses reference shots, oh, reference, like you can tell, oh, yeah, yeah, like legit reference to what he's doing, and so it looks real and so you can go oh yeah no that's totally what it you know if you were to go look that up that's what it looked like and, and for me instead of it being about like the horrors of being a soldier in Iraq or about like you know you've got stories about what it's like to bring this home with you right mm-hmm. like we just we just read uh, Dark and Bloody and Dark and Bloody was about the horror of war that you bring home with yeah, us, PTSD right? And everything. Yeah. Like, and, and that conversation. And this is less about that and more like a crime story that just happens to take place with Baghdad as this sort of like very rich and it creates a sort of political, like conniving background, this corruptive background that is really, really rich. And it adds a whole lot to the story uh in a way without being overtly i mean it's political in nature but it's not overtly political you know what i mean
2: no i i think yeah. i think you're really right go ahead chris. yeah i was i got to agree with what josh was saying the the whole story it's it's not just the overall uh the overall picture it's it's the on the ground i felt that the day to day of the of the of chris the soldier in iraq and him working through this like TV show style murder mystery thing and and intriguing all this other sex papades and all this, you know, his, his reactions to it. But it was, it was the day to day that the the soldier had. We never really had that in all these other green zone movies or this or that. It was all just like the big picture, like, Oh, we were sent here to blow these people up. Where are the bombs or, you know, during that time of year. And the, the, in this, in this comic, I, I felt it was like he, he was there and we could be there as well because it's the day-to-day instead of just the overall picture. Yeah, and the perspective that's drawn
0: from really puts you right there. And and I'm going to add to that. I agree with both of you. And when you start thinking about Iraq as a character, I mean, that's – we always say that about like, oh, this the setting is a character. That's why I feel
2: there were so many characters in the story because it involves a lot of local Iraqis. The flavor. Yeah. Yeah. Local Iraqis because – it's they're there in Iraq, so all the characters were Iraqis or, or, or noble or you know honor the to Saddam or whoever. Or these guys, you know, they were there were so many characters that were in there, you know, that were you know because of that because it's it's where they were. It's the locals. Well, the this, the this, this setting is a is a character, but
0: I think this book and I and I didn't really think about this until Josh was talking, and then it kind of came into my head is the idea that this book. Iraq is a character, but Iraq is a character that doesn't know what it is. There's What what this book is about is it's about people in Iraq trying to identify what is Iraq. It's almost like a state of mind more than it is a yeah. character. And it's yeah. these characters trying to figure out what is Iraq now? What's its identity? Is it a colonized country? Is it a, uh, 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 a melting pot of all these different religions? And we have even Sophia's character She's really bringing that in a lot because you know her name comes from like that old legend, you know.
1: Uh... That was such a that was such a cool little part that you can only do in comic books. Yeah. Like if we could just to throw it back like that sequence just would look weird on TV, but there's something wonderful like that it just plays really well in a comic book. Like you accept it? Like I think if I were watching this on television and they cut to that scene and it's in, like, a different style and they animated it weird, and I'd be like, well, that's dumb, right?
0: <laughs> but <laughs> And it would cost them about, like, what, 30 that was a mess. <laughs> to do?
1: But, but, like, in this, it just plays really well. There's something, like, the medium of comics lets you do stuff like that, uh, and it and it feels good. It looks good. It works. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I, th- I think you're right, Travis. I think it really is this this sort of like everybody's struggling to find out, you know, what does Iraq mean to all of them? Whether you know whether it's the character who ends up bunking with Chris, like the guy who uh, that he kills those soldiers at the beginning, yeah, um, yeah. and and and, uh, and then
2: the whole thing about uh, where what's Iraq going to be is like developed in that story because he this whole murder thing is wrapped around you know he's trying to get it solved but he really can't because there's so much turmoil in iraq right now it's kind of like you know that's why it's a big character right now in the setting you know in the yeah because it's like he's trying to get all his you know be all you know gun ho with the detective but he can't get anywhere because you know he's talking to this guy and oh well he's he's loyal to saddam so he's not going to say anything you know so it's like and it's all corruption and mess
1: <laughs> yeah and it sends him on this like this this like goose hunt right like yeah. there is you were you, earlier, Chris. You mentioned how like there's so many characters in here, and I was flipping through. I'm flipping through while we're talking about it uh, because it's pretty, and I, li- I like the book. And there's a page where he's like interviewing all the guys that he's training, all these cops that he's training. Uh, in like every character, there's what is it, sixteen panels, right? Yeah,
2: I remember and, that in the book. He's just going one-to-one, one one-to-one, and they, and, to one, one by and the they just character. keep
1: saying no. Every everybody's response is no every time he asks a question. And none of them, and, and to Mitch's credit, none of these guys in in these sixteen panels, they all look different, right? Yeah. Like th- his art, like he is able to do characters so well um, that that in this sixteen different character grid, they are like three different that you can. There's sixteen different people. You when you look at them, like you almost get a glimpse of what their personality is a, l- a little bit. There's just something. There's just something really cool about that. And then you see, you know, the, the, um, just this, this overall story of like, it's this wild goose hunt that he's sent on, right? Like, okay, well, I got to go talk to this guy because only this guy will talk to me. And then, oh crap, because of, you know, because of the fallout of the, the fall of Iraq, that's not going to work. I've got to go and, and talk to this guy. And that sort of like plot but thickening. Guess,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah you know, it's right?
1: And there's all this stuff that kind of moves it forward and you get that because it's in you couldn't do this story and Travis you talked about the wire earlier um you could do a story similar to this in you know in uh in Baltimore right like the wires in Baltimore
2: <laughs> but Baltimore.
1: but it's not this but you know what i mean like this yeah. political sort of like turmoil and upheaval really gives this story a different slice than you know, a great TV show like The Wire does. There's you know this, what I mean? Like, There's
0: this running – I want to call it a gag, but it's, it's funny because it's not a gag. It's, it's what was happening there is no one knows who's in charge or who's yeah. responsible for what. So you have this, him training this yeah. police force and they're like, well, who has the authority here? Who has – who do I go to for this? You not see me. that on page one, like right
2: when we kill all those guys, it's like, you know, who's, who, who am I supposed to train? Yeah, and you, just, like,
0: yeah. You, and you just like you get a sense uh, on how easy it is to just disappear because there's yeah. no one managing anything. There's no one. Does anyone even know I'm over here? <laughs> yeah. And so the it's it's just this beautiful uh, idea that it's like it, there there are there are some Western elements in in it as far as oh yeah. As uh, Chris the Cowboy, and I think even Nasir is more of the cowboy character uh, than um, than even Christopher is. In, yeah, because in, he's
2: always drinking in all the scenes too. Like yeah. every other scene, he's always got a whisk, uh, a flask, or something. And, yeah, and know. he has his own code. Nasir, right. Yeah. <laughs> he has his
0: own code for how things should run. He's out for vengeance, but he judges every person by their character so much. You know, like yeah. he. He respects Chris. You know, you have that great scene where Nasir and Chris are are <laughs> sitting down, and you um, Chris earns Nasir's respect so much mm-hmm. so he's like, "Hey, come over. I'll I'll, I'll show you what real Iraqi cooking yeah. is."
1: Well, I think like he's testing him in the scene where they go to that house, right? Yeah, yeah he's testing and
2: blow him, up, kill him or not. Yeah,
1: yeah <laughs> right. And, and there's this. Yeah, and there's this real kind of like he's, you know, uh Chris goes to find the the room full of dead bodies, right? With mm-hmm. the cat, uh which is so creepy. It's oh, yeah, it was it so it was so wonderful at the same time. But you have like there's this real kind of like the character development in this is fantastic. Like Travis, you and I read a bunch of volume 1s. And we get a lot of, like, I don't know who these people are yet, yeah. right, in a lot of Volume 1s. But mm-hmm. I feel like somehow Tom King and 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 Mitch really find a way to give you quality character development. If you want to go three main characters and really talk Chris and Nasir and Sophia, you get some real quality character development and, and, and a look at who those three characters are and these six issues that we don't see in a lot of the other books we read.
0: And I'll tell you what that is. I, I was thinking about because I think this is one of the better it's characterizations. End, end it's form. this, out of all the books we've read for this podcast, this book has, uh, Tom King has the best ear for dialogue that I think I've read in any of the, the uh, trades or graphic novels that we've done in this podcast. I mean, his... His dialogue writing in here is so – every character is so new, 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 uh, unique in the way their syntax is. Uh, he yeah. really brings in that – you can tell like some of these characters, you know when English isn't their first language and you know uh, what their interactions with the language, how much interaction they have had compared to like the young kid who's like, here, buy porn. It's good fuck time. And then as opposed to Nasir, who, is, who has spoken more, or even Nasir's wife, who has spoken less English, but she has that conversation with Chris. And you, yeah. could tell, you could tell everyone everyone's use of English in this story, let alone just dialogue, but their use of English is so subtly um, drawn out in the way Tom King writes dialogue in this book.
1: And and Travis, you just mentioned the scene where the and, it, and I want to say scene, but where Chris is talking to the Seer's wife, it is a literal an entire issue, an entire issue where they drink and talk, like yeah. and in yeah, yeah, all, of, all of all <laughs> of all of issue five is that scene. And I think about it, and I think about in comic books, like that is an incredibly daring thing to mm-hmm. do in comic books, incredibly daring, and it is a great issue it is a wonderful issue of just two people drinking and talking and you learn so much about what's going on and about Chris and all of this stuff in this issue. And it is, there's, it's just, I, it was, like I said, it was daring. And then it was just, it was wonderful. It was like this crazy, like, you know what, let's have them just drink at a, at a, an abandoned pool for a while. And that's the whole issue. And it was great.
2: It was real. It's, Be, it's what people would yeah. do. Normal people would do. So I think it was great to put it in there. You know? yeah. How many times have we all done that? You know, just chilling with our friends at some random place and just drinking all night and just talking about nothing, you know? Yeah.
0: <laughs> and, and and had the converse, conversation switch from <clears throat> serious uh, political yeah. talk to, For an hour and then... you know, just sticking around, you know? <laughs> For yeah, another yeah. hour. And... Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think that, well, that, that – That being a whole issue is really key to what happens uh, next, you know, building that character character of Nassim's wife. I I don't want to spoil it because I I think that people are still finding this, this book. I think this is something that people are picking up the first volume to this book, you know, a lot now. I mean, the word is out. I mean, they're on the third volume now, Josh.
1: No, no, second volume just came out. Okay. Oh, Actually, it's not out yet. Second volume comes out. I already pre-ordered it. I think it's January or February when it dumps. Mm. But issue 12 just came out. I want to say November is when issue 12 came out. Because I saw uh, Mitch lives in Gilbert. And so uh, he tweeted out, like, I'm out celebrating with my wife. And they were in downtown Gilbert. And me and my wife walked by them. And I said, "I said, hey, Gabby, that's the dude who draws Sheriff of Babylon." And so, like, I tweeted, and I'm like, "Hey, I just walked past you. I just got ice cream at the name of the ice cream joint I was at." And he was like, "Oh my gosh, we just went there after dinner." And so,
0: when did like, Gilbert, was, Arizona, become like the the uh, homestead for all these comic book I don't, artists?
1: I don't know, man, because uh, he's here, Scott's here, and then uh, Layman lives here. Right, like Chew, Mister Chew lives here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I guess I guess Arizona the place you go now. It's there's this burgeoning mecca of uh, comic book people in Gilbert, Arizona.
2: Mecca.
1: <laughs> very apropos. Very apropos. Speaking so, of so, mecca. Yeah, let me let me ask you guys. Um, as you as you read this, and this is like a seriously character-driven story. There's not a ton of action. But when there is, what did you guys? How did you think the pacing of this story was, Chris? What, as someone who doesn't read a lot of comics, and you read two books that I would say are long-winded, yeah. Um, Alan uh, Moore, Alan, Alan Moore, and then and in a Watchmen is an incredibly long-winded book. There's giant sections of it that are just like the the, the pirate book, right? <laughs> oh. um, the, the black, yeah. Shit. So hey, how did you think the pacing was on this? As someone who's not like a comic book guy, uh, how did you feel that it read? Did you feel like it, it, it lagged that it lagged anywhere or did you find your way that it that it held the story well?
2: No, when I read it, I read I guess the first issue and then I put it I put it down, I walked away from it, like first I guess what is it, the scene season? Yeah,
0: yeah, the, first, yeah, the first episode. Yeah, the, the first, first episode
2: and then I put it down kinda like just to get a reaction from of myself from it, you know, and, but then I, you know, I, I went back like a day or two later and, and almost finished it, you know, cause it was, it just kept my attention with it. So uh, it, it just like with this whole thing about uh, the story just and the characters being developed, it, it, it just kept going and kept going. And I wanted to read more kind of like what we were saying about the, it being a TV show or something, you, you watch it and it's like, you know, you got to, you got to keep watching the next episode, the next episode, you know, so it's, it, it was like that. I, I couldn't put it down. This was, yeah, this was a
0: quick read for me as well. And yeah. we were, we were, both uh, Chris and I were reading it and it was just really busy a couple of weeks over here during yeah, reading it, was. it with like Thanksgiving here <laughs> and just like the, the, the point in the school year where it's at. And so I'm Our like, superintendent came I'm like, down, like, I'm like, all of a sudden, they yeah. were here. I'm like, I'm oh, like, uh, <laughs> Chris, I don't need to be a dick, but we gotta get this podcast up. So yeah. You gotta start reading, and uh, it, and I and I at the same time hadn't like really cracked it open either. So I cracked it open and I did the same thing. Mine's almost like verbatim yeah. how you did it. I read one, ep- one, put it down because I wanted
2: to like walk away from it and get my internal reaction yeah. to it on we how, to, how to respond to it. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> it was more like I read the first episode the first issue, and I was like, I, w- I was really intrigued, but I was yeah. also like, this is something that, like, I, I have to focus and pay attention yeah, on. because there was
2: also, like, so many emotions or, like, not emotions, I guess, but, like, back, you know, thinking back of that time of when when the world was so crazy and so, like, what's going on over there, you know? Yeah. What, what is shown here. You, you were thinking about that a lot. After you read that first scene, that first, uh, that first book, you you it, it brings about that all back up to light. Right, it's right. like preva- it's present right now, and and that's what I was thinking about. And I was like, oh my gosh, that was such a messed up time. You know what was I doing? Where was I? You know, it, it was a good first episode, and you had to like kind of like adjust and then get ready for the rest. That's anyway.
0: a good that's a good point. And, and so, Josh, uh, let me ask you this: Yeah, is there anything in here? You know, having having lived through the, the the news cycles of this time period and having seen other uh, stories, what was what was the most surprising to you uh, uh, event or thing that was happening in here that you just were unaware of was a part of this whole time period?
1: Well, I, I think kind of one of the inter- interesting things is Sophia herself is an interesting character, right? Like she's yeah. American, but she's not. Like she had left during like her parents had left during Saddam and they fled that and then they went and now she's coming back. Right. And she's going to be an important part of the building back of Iraq as a country. And so you heard about that. You know what I mean? Like I remember that um, being in the news. uh, But but seeing it in this scenario and seeing how in, you know, and again, this isn't you know, this isn't historical fact but um seeing how ground level it played out like she just goes back and and she's in it but then she's like helping both the americans and the iraqis and and kind of being this go between between them because she's both american and iraqi was this really sort of interesting thing that i don't know that any other any other thing i've seen about it has really played with very well you know what i mean Uh, that she's got a foot in both worlds, um, and you see that in her relationship with Chris, that's a very sort of, like, a very American thing, but then she kind of plays the, the heel against, um, sort of the American forces, there's a scene in here where she's, uh, after the, after the attack, right, Right. um, where she's talking to I, some general or something, uh, she's talking to a doctor, and then she, then she's talking to a, a general a little later, and it's a very like you see her in this position of like, look, I'm I'm taking care of this, you know what I mean? Like I'm not gonna, you know, this is my job. I want to save and be a part of like the rebuilding of my of my country and my heritage, and that's something that you don't see a lot of play with, and I thought that was kind of cool.
0: Yeah, I, I that I think her character is the uh most interesting in, as seeing especially in like this macho male dominated culture her having so much power and also getting so much respect from the other Iraqi men in this uh book. But I also yeah. one of the things that I found that I didn't know. I mean, I knew that the the as far as like you know the Halliburton deals and stuff like that, but I didn't know like the nuances of them. Like there's one point where they're talking about a contract, right? Both these Iraqi companies are built or there's two companies bidding on an American contract for some rebuilding thing. And Sophia talks about, you know, uh, this is what happens. We, you know, we say this bid is too high. And then we say, we'll bid this much. And then you have to buy a stake in that other person's company. And then you give them a price. So it's like the idea of, okay, instead of competing for the contract, let's both get a piece of this pie.
1: Yeah. And, and like, to be like, let's take advantage of America. Right? Yeah. Let's... So dirty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, like, also this very sort of, like, very – it adds this nuance to the story that – and I, I think we've talked, I mean, in, uh, Chris, you'd mentioned before, we, we talked about the Hurt Locker and we talked about all the other things. And those are things that are very specific to, like, the American experience in Iraq, right? Like, yeah. from a from a soldier's perspective of what what the Iraq War was like. Um, mm-hmm. This gives you a very sort of, like, you're seeing it through Chris's lens, but then you're seeing it through Nasir's lens, and you're seeing it through Sophia's lens. And you get this real sort of, like, this this tripod look or three-dimensional look at what's going on there that makes it so much more of an intriguing story
2: yeah and just to piggyback on what i think travis was talking about the sophia's character i gotta i gotta say when you think about other other movies like the green zone and all those other ones they they had or in hurt locker they had locals that were there helping them but it wasn't it wasn't to the capacity of sophia was you know yeah. if you look back at them they were just they were just locals and they were ignorant people just trying to protect their local village but Sophia is trying to protect her, her heritage not just her mm. her family and village yeah. you know she's trying to protect her heritage her country you know right. as opposed to like get off my land and go fight over there you know she's like you know let's let's put the country back together and you don't really see that in other other portrays of this type of movie during this time. You know, or there wasn't really a character like that. They had they had locals, but they ended up dying or something. You know, or you know they get they get killed because they gave the wrong information, or they they poison themselves or something like that. But Sophia is not that. She's a developed character in in this you know pivotal character to help drive this the story forward in that time. Yeah, I Silence.
1: I, I, I no. <laughs> no no like I think you're I think you're totally I think you're totally right. There's this. There's this, like there's something different about this book uh, compared to all the other sort of media that's kind of come out of this Iraq war period that that just I don't know. There's just something wonderfully uh, intriguing about all these little nuances in it that are sometimes hard to do in comic books. You know, like like as as Travis and I read a lot of stuff and a lot of stuff is like a very straightforward story. Right? But but this seems far more nuanced in a different way than some of the stuff we that we've read before. Right, Travis?
0: Yeah, and I think that has to do a, a lot with um, awesome. following the, the three characters and you have a lot of ancillary characters that you meet along the way, but it's really just the interweaving of three stories, each of which are complex on their own. But, um... You talked about pacing earlier. I think it's paced so well that each of these characters is so deep and so and so conflicted and so well fleshed out that those nuances, you mentioned that word a lot, can really come out because how these stories are interwoven. If they had five people, it would have been too much and the characters might have been a little bit more shallow. Uh, if you had one person, it would have been a little heavy-handed as far as the theme. Like this is an American cowboy He's in Iraq and he's you know dating this uh, Iraqi. You know it becomes <laughs> one more one-dimensional. Cliche, we've yeah. seen it before. Cliche, yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think uh, Tom King does a really good job of balancing these three characters out. And really, telling you these these sort of like three interconnected stories that have them all together, and it just makes me like I already pre-ordered the second volume, but part of me wants to just go buy them all digitally and just read them right now, right, right. right? Um, but uh, there is there is this is a special book, man. I I can't I can't say it any other way that there is just something very great about the art. And the storytelling in this, the dialogue you mentioned earlier, Travis, about how there's so much, like, there's little things in all of the dialogue that just make it feel so much superior than a lot of others. I mean, I've read, we've read some really good stuff this year, but this is just something, there's something very special about this book that is hard to nail down in one or two words, uh, but there's something great about it. There really really uh, is.
0: I, I agree with you. Like this is one of the books we always talk about, like, oh, we gotta pick up the second volume or the third volume. This is one uh oftentimes when I feel that way, I don't end up picking up the second volume or it gets on my list because that's more about me wanting to read to see what happens. For this book, I wanna read the second volume to see how things happen, how the yeah. story unfolds. I mean I kind of know we kind of know what happens in the rebuilding of Iraq. We don't know what happens with these three fictional characters. But I'm less concerned about what happens in the end and more about seeing Tom King and uh, Mitch uh, unfold this story for me.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's let's talk uh, – you guys want to jump to art really quick? Let's, let's jump to art. art. Let's, let's, that time. let's talk about art. is that time. Um, okay. let, me, let me ask you uh, – Chris is a guy who doesn't read a bunch of comic books, and you've read uh, – you know, the few that you've read – what did you think about the art in this? What, what, what was your take on sort of Mitch's style and is it his ability to get his point across with the art?
0: Uh. It's tough. It's tough to like make <laughs> someone who hasn't uh, read yeah, comic books right. and be like, "Hey, talk about art." Um, so let's go to. Uh,
2: it's right. hard for me to answer that because I don't have a lot to base it off of. Yeah, so let's um, <laughs>
0: feel- let let's let's talk, and then you jump in and see if if anything uh, uh, if anything is like, "Oh yeah, I, I noticed that."
1: So Travis, let me. We we've read a bunch of stuff this year. Mm-hmm. We we we, we talking about a bunch of stuff. What did? How does this art stack up to to what we've read this year?
0: Well, I, I think it, I think it stacks up really well. You know, uh, I haven't uh, seen Mitch uh, on a lot of other stuff. I looked up some of the stuff on Punisher he did, I believe, right?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And uh, I really like I really like his style. I I think what what this does really well is it marries uh, that photo. Um, you know, the photo reference with, um, just really great penciling. Sometimes when people go, uh, through photo reference, they have a tendency to try to mirror and try to make it as glossy as possible. Uh, and I think Mitch does a really good job of grounding uh, the photorealism with his pencils. Uh, and I think that if that makes any sense, um, to you, the uh, resident art guy, Josh.
1: No, no, I, I think you're right. I think there's there's something to be said that he both draws and does in the colors, color on this, yeah. right? He's both drawing and doing the colors on it. And because of that, I, I think he's able to kind of, um, you're right, there's some photorealism in it for sure, but it's still cartooning, right? Right. There, there's still some cartooning to it. And then you also are able to kind of make it a little more artsy with this sort of very flat uh, but then there's like the kind of like the brushes he uses in the background to kind of give you texture on stuff mm-hmm. it's there's just something very cool about it the flashback scenes work really well. He finds a way to take his style and use it in a bunch of different ways right yeah. um, like even the there's the one scene where they're watching sort of like the murder on a computer screen. It's early on. And there's the lines that come across the computer screen. Like, you don't see it when... You wouldn't see those lines if I'm looking at my computer screen right now, right? Like, right. I have a computer in front of me because they're Skyping, and I don't see the lines. But he puts them in there, so it's almost like you and I are watching a TV show where a computer is in front of us, right? Right, right. Like it, There's just something very, like, there's there's some stuff where like he shows some crime scene photos later on and he's able to manipulate his own art in a way uh that is just very there's just something very unique about the way he does it and there's a device that they use throughout this book the bang 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 which like, which is the name the of this of yeah. which is the title of this this uh you know this first volume and every time they use it it is spot on right it is so it the first time they use it is um, when a nasir has to is, it has those soldiers in his basement, right? Yeah, and they, they black panel out every bang, bang, bang. Yes, and it, there's just something like, wow, that's almost more powerful than if they were to show it to you, right? Um, and then they use it later uh, and it's not completely blacked out, but when uh, Sophia's car is hit, right? Uh, and then again at the end with nasir's and I'm gonna and again this is a spoilery show so I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna give you that little spoil uh, but that scene with Turn nasir and his wife <laughs> right that that scene with nasir and his wife at the end with the blackouts for that oh my gosh like the pacing on it the way that it slowed down the way that Mitch draws it the way those, those bangs, those three bangs, what he does with that is he slows down the action so much with, one, his panel layout. When you lay out your panels like that, you're, you're, you're slowing time, right? right?
2: right.
1: It, it, if you go back, and we talked about this when we, when we read Hawkeye, there's a lot of that slowing down time by using those multiple panels. And he does that really well in a scene like this where it slows down and really you really feel you really feel that moment in that issue and it is like it is tough it is a tough because you just spent so long with her um that man it is just a real it is a gut-wrenching scene and that's hard to do in comics we read a lot of comic books we read a lot of graphic novels and it is hard to do sort of like a a sort of like gut a gut-wrenching scene but that is one of them and it plays really well and I think it's because um, Mitch's art is so on point, and then those sort of little there's still little comic booky things around it. Those bangs are very comic booky. Uh, At every times, once in a while, it looks
0: like um, it reminds me of the of like Archer, the TV show, the cartoon. Like some of yeah. the art style in there, it looks like the animation to that, but a little bit more photorealistic. As far as especially, I see it in in the characterization of. The drawing of Chris, right, yeah, uh, with the glasses and everything like that,
1: yeah, and there's just moments where there's just little comic booky stuff where someone's hand will move, but you know you can't see it move because it's a panel, so he does the little the little line with it, uh, there's a couple times and, and when they're drunk when, when him and nasir's uh, wife are drunk, and there's little drunk bubbles around them, yeah, 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 I, <laughs> I thought that was a good touch. Like because because there's this sort of weird photorealism to it, those little touches like there's just something sweet about there's like something very saccharine about those little those little things. And you go, oh, yeah, this is a comic book, (laughs) you know, it's this very kind of uniquely comic book thing that you can do uh, that even though this is a real sort of serious story um, that. Mitch isn't shying away from putting in his art and, and I he, think that's very
0: he's coloring he's he's following what's become really popular in what we've seen over the last year or two years in coloring is to take one color um and kind of use that as your palette you know we see yeah. it in Southern Bastards, <laughs> we've seen it in Witches, we've seen it you know, like that that's that's become like a really popular way of coloring comics lately. Uh it almost so that sometimes people just throw it in there because that's the you know that's what's in you know the in fashion, but I think that yeah. this it, it really does help bring out that the the colors of Iraq, you know. And the 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 tones uh in the storytelling, the differences. The browns, the golds, and then we get blues and reds and everything is really really washed in the same color, you know, for a page or two before it switches.
1: Yeah, and I, I think that's kind of the you'll get a couple well, pages a where it's, it's at like it's a scene yeah.
0: scene, you know. Like a really scenes lighting almost it's almost like the lighting if you're going to light it and it makes the reds stand out because there's not a lot of uh deep a uh, bright reds and so when someone gets shot and that blood happens it really brings out that blood
1: you are you are right you are right um favorite panels so i i didn't favorite, tell favorite panel
0: we didn't we didn't get to this so while uh chris is looking we got you gotta pick your favorite <laughs> panel Ooh, yeah
2: all right, all like right. A treat. I'll, ch- I'll check it out
0: All right,
1: Travis, you want to go first?
0: Yeah, sure. Um, In this one, I'm going to cheat. I haven't cheated in a while, so I'm going to cheat. Uh, And my favorite panels, uh, they are all like – it's hard to pick a favorite panel because so many of these panels in the story work together. Um, Yeah. It is the scene where where Nasir has been asked to uh, leave his house and go with this Iraqi guy. Yeah. to, to talk to someone, right? Um, yeah. And it's the top of the page, and it's one, two, three, four, five panels that are full length, the page long. And it's him going to the door. You only see his back. It's him putting his gun next to his wife. You don't see his face, only dialogue. Um, and then you, it's him walking out the door. Uh, so nowhere do you see Nasir's face. You only partially see his wife's face and you see the gun in full front being laid out very meticulously on the table and i i think it's very brave to take a whole page and, and never really show like a character's face but at the same time suggest so much and create such a mystery as what's going to happen i remember when he was doing that I'm like why is he leaving his gun right what's this what's what's, what's going on here and the fact that um Mitch doesn't show you the full frame. You only get the legs and, and partial yeah. torsos of the characters. I thought that was an interesting way to diagram that scene that just stood out to me as like, oh, I don't see this a lot in comics, even, even in more indie comics. I see a lot of creative things as far as paneling, but I don't, I've never seen this kind of angle done before, and I really like that.
1: And I mean, it's a very it really focuses you in, like you said, on that gun, right? There's like a there's a specific reason this is happening.
0: That gun's going to go off. You know that at some point that gun's going to go off. It's like that if you check offs, if you see a gun in Act One, it's going to go off by Act Three. Uh, Yeah. You're 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 seeing him put that gun there, and you're like, how is this going to come back into play? Because you do not assume it's going to be how it does. You're like, yeah, uh, yeah.
1: So. But like – and that's a funny thing is the scene before it, if you flip the page before, it is prominently in his back. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. So the page before, it, it is prominently and you see it. It's on his back. It's there. And then when he realizes he has to go, he's like, all right, well, I definitely can't take this with me. And you know like, what no, no, I mean? No, no.
0: That's exactly what you want to take with you. What are you doing?
1: <laughs> you need to take that gun with you. Uh you know what? I've got two that I really that I really enjoy, and one would be cheating. It would be like you, and I don't want to be a cheater. But I'm gonna I'm gonna Cheated, mention that one first. Leader. I'm gonna mention that one first, and then I'm gonna say my real my real panel pick. Um, the scene where Sophia is on the phone and the car pulls up next to her with the rocket mm-hmm. launcher. No, was,
2: that is. I was thinking about
1: that too. That is paced so that. well. It is paced so well. Because you don't notice it at first because you're busy reading her dialogue, right? And then, you know, you see the window roll down and all of a sudden you see the rocket and the next panel, the rocket's been fired. And it, it is so cinematic, right? Because you can see, like, you would think about it if it were in a movie, it would be a little blurrier because it would be behind her. You know right, what I mean? It would right, be out, yeah, of, yeah, yeah. It would be out of focus and then you would see it come into focus and it played so well and I totally didn't expect it. But that's not my panel because that would be cheating. All right, let, uh, let, let Chris go in case you take his. Okay, no, Chris, go no, you ahead. Can go, it's fine.
2: You can go. It's fine.
1: Uh, <laughs> all right, so my panel is is early on. It's in the first uh, the first issue. It's after the three bang 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 panels with Nasir, mm-hmm. and it's when he's in his basement with the gun in his hand, and he's being asked uh, by his wife, uh, Nasir, "Is it done? Right." And he's just shot all three of them. And you can just tell he did not want to do this. He's got tears in his eyes. He doesn't know what to do. Um, it was just a real powerful little scene. As he's looking at the gun in his hand, he has blood on himself. He's got tears running down his face. Uh, a really impactful early scene in, in this first issue.
0: And really makes what you what you... The characterization of Nasir after that as kind of like this flippant, like, uh, I create my own rules, but also kind of jovial and jokey. Uh, I mean, if you, if you didn't get this scene right off, uh, he would come across as a different character. Yeah. But, but since we get this characterization first through that panel, uh, you get a real sense of when he is being a little more jovial. You understand it's all coming from this really kind of like dark, hurt place.
1: Yeah, like he's covering something up. Mm-hmm.
2: All right. Okay. So mine is this the last scene? Yeah, the last. It's the mm-hmm. It's in the back. The the one when he they were talking about him on. Uh, thanks. <laughs> they were talking about him on the 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 chair about the Iraqi guy eating having the.
0: In the, oh saddam's like, son yes yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah
2: yeah and like i didn't. i mean it's not that panel but it's the one after that where they were they were discussing the prominence of the chair and how this is what america did and everything and then you see the that's sophia right yeah so you see sophia yeah. in, in there and you know they're talking about how like what we did and you know america's great and everything but then like in that whole scene she's like not really paying attention and then like walks off and takes a call from like doing more corruption stuff and it's just like it it shows it's at the end of the book but it shows that like this is what the whole story's about i think you know that like yes we did some things there but it's still it's still a mess you know right. it's still garbage and it's still going on and you know there's there's still side side uh side panel you know everyone's side paneling their ideas and you know yes we did this and we're working towards it but there's still corruption going on and she's still working even though you know saddam's gone in there we gotta show his chair why haven't we shown his chair yeah but like you know and she's like oh it's all great but yeah i'm gonna go do some backdoor dealing still you know even though Uh, even though he even though saddam's gone you know it's like what's really happening here you know it's it goes back to that whole like why 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 or, you know, who's in charge or who's doing what, you know, that no one's really in charge and there's still, there's still, there's still a backdoor dealing going on even though Saddam's gone, you know, and we, we got rid of him. It's still happening. So what really did we do, you know?
0: Yeah, that, that, that panel definitely does. It brings, it's one of those things where, I mean, cause these are the, other than the, the military people, that's a panel where you get to see the media, which, which really yeah, yeah. hasn't been a part of this book very much, uh, is the media. And so you get that people – you get that view into the media world. I, I agree. I think yeah. that is – I remember stopping it and thinking more about the questions that this pose yeah. than the – And yeah. the
2: panel before, they just have – with him on the chair, it just shows that like, oh, this – all the senators said they could do this and everyone agreed in America they could do that. But he's just like sitting on his chair chilling like, <laughs> what the hell's going on, man?
1: I just can't get over like literally I am telling people to go out and read a book where an entire issue is two people sitting at a pool talking like drinking and talking like it blows my mind that 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 is such a captivating issue. Uh, But that just tells you how wonderfully paced and how like spot on Tom King's dialogue that he wrote in this is and that that Mitch is Mitch is able to convey so much emotion in those in those pages in those frame by frame shots that it doesn't get it doesn't get tired. It doesn't get old and it like again an entire issue is just two people talking at a pool and it is great it is great
0: <laughs> yeah and
1: i think that we're not the only
0: people who who think that because this is this is a well reviewed comic there's yeah. it's, it's hard to find people who who don't like this series uh so this is this is a safe for your for your christmas list this is yeah. if you know someone uh this is a safe bet to like if they open it up like what is this uh, they start reading it. They get through that first issue. You're pretty hooked in there.
1: Yeah, if you've got if you've got someone who wants to read com like who you think you know what they maybe they like comic books. Get them this book. Get them this book. It is it is fabu. All right. and so
0: I want to thank uh, Chris for coming on here. I know yeah, we, for, uh, we had him we reading this on, during a really busy week with his <laughs> winter, his winter concerts and everything. Yeah. So oh man, yeah that's
1: that's, yeah, that's tough, man. that's that's tough. the season to sing. It <laughs> yeah. is is uh you know what guys uh chris thanks for coming on i appreciate it travis great meeting you uh good good to meet you via the internet as well gentlemen uh enjoy your time in the future in in uh japan as you're as you're ahead of me in the world i hope that the future is (laughs) bright my friend i hope
0: the future is bright for you as well my friends
1: um ladies and gentlemen thanks for tuning in the comic exposure podcast remember that you can find us On Twitter at Comic Exposure. Uh, You can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Comic Exposure. All of our past episodes. All of our past episodes, you can find them uh, in our archive on our website. So uh, www.comicexposure.com. Follow us on uh, the iTunes, please. Give us a nice review. Uh, Love us. Tell your neighbor about us. Tell your friend who sometimes reads comic books to listen to the podcast. Uh, And Travis Rat's next episode is a variant episode, and we've got comic book Christmas list. Comic book Christmas list, comic the annual Christmas. tradition. <laughs> <laughs> I've got my, I've got my comic book Christmas list. I've got it, hey dude. Have, I've got my. You comic, make a comic book
2: Christmas
1: list. Yeah, we do. We make
2: <laughs> yeah. comic book
0: Christmas list. This is anything. So I, it's not. We're not just talking comic <laughs> books. We're talking anything. Like nerd or geek related, we want to have on our our Christmas list.
2: Oh, so it does. Yeah. It's not related just to comics. Yeah, but we tend to put a lot of comics. <laughs> <laughs> so so comic book it's, Christmas it's severely list, it's next. <laughs> <laughs> is severely one sided. Why are you being rich right now? <laughs>
1: So next episode is Comic Book Christmas, Christmas List. Uh, then Travis and I are talking about Prez uh, with a returning guest. Uh, Andrew Consolvi is going to be on to talk to, us, uh, talk to us about Prez. A very uh, good timing episode to have with the election of Trump. It'll be the yes. one time that we probably get political oh, on, this, oh, yeah. on this podcast. Uh, but it'll be a good one to talk about. Uh, so ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in. Check us out on all the interwebs as possible. And we will see you next trade. Um,